Previously on Tubular Teens with Titans, after unlocking their guardian powers, Benny, Gwen, Hanuel, Jay, and Scarlet battled a monster that attacked their school. Even though they were able to stop the Windigoro rampage, the wild creature escaped back into the earth. Meanwhile, Harbinger recognizes the Guardian technology from their forgotten past and decides that they, Hira, and Erailed must acquire the alien technology at any cost. The reptilian Erailed sits in front of a wall of monitors and is voraciously studying the actions of the citizens of Dragon Cove. His sister, Hira, absent-mindedly balances the massive club on her chin as she attempts to keep it from plummeting into her face. Erailed's attention was grabbed by a pair of figures carrying two boxes labeled Science Fair into the high school gymnasium. Science Fair? Color me intrigued. Could these young surface apes be of some interest now? Dear brother, what could these children have that could possibly be of interest? That one seems to be carrying some sort of root vegetable attached to a light bulb. Beloved sister, these children are supposedly the brightest minds of this area. Would it not be too far-fetched to think one of Harbinger's guardians might be amongst them? The younger but significantly larger reptilian stops their balancing act and joins Erailed on the monitor. Let me go up there and challenge them. I grow bored of all this waiting and watching. It's not befitting the warrior who single-handedly rooted the Nublar tar pits. My precious sister, remind me of how striking down weaponless children is in adherence to... Rivers Creed. Have there been changes to the sacred text? You may know most things, my most precious brother, but of this you know very little. Let us not forget that you do not even adhere to Rivers' will. I doubt you could recite even one. To earn their seat at Rivers' right hand in the afterlife, a warrior must adhere to these four tenets. Never strike an unarmed foe. Never attack from the shadows. Never yield once a battle has begun. And death before surrender. I may not follow these tenets with your zeal, sister. But I do 
respect them. I suppose I owe you an apology. What is your plan? I've reformulated the synthetic bath that my automatons get before battle to allow them to look like one of these children. I will pilot it remotely and absorb as much about their technology as possible, and we might have fortune smile upon us and find out something useful. You're sending one of Harbinger's battle automatons on a simple errand, cherished brother. You definitely like angering our leader. After a quick sunrise sparring session, the teens make their way to Vermilion High School. Hanuel and Gwen are slipping in and out of traffic in Hanuel's sporty convertible, while Scarlet and Benny are cruising in Scarlet's battered and trustworthy pickup. That tool chest lock still broken? I could fix it when you drop me off at home tonight. I've told you, don't worry about it. What would I put in there anyway? I don't know, stickers, stuffed animals, or whatever you girls are into nowadays. <laughs> I will drive us into that tree, and remember, only my seatbelt really works. You'd really trash your ride over little old me? I knew you cared. <laughs> Shut your face! You know, you don't always have to drive. I could pick you up sometimes. I don't always drive. Uh, yeah, you do. Even when I say I'll pick you up, you're at my house before I even have breakfast. Well, that's your fault for having such a wonderful cereal selection. It's not like we're going to have time for an actual breakfast if we keep Captain Gwen's training schedule up. No joke. It's been two weeks and no more monster sightings. I don't think my mom believes that I'm in a zero-period study group. What are you telling your folks? What? Uh, uh, same thing. Study group, but they don't mind. Man, you're lucky that your parents are so chill. Mm. Uh, Turn it up. I love this song. Ugh. I hate that song. Where did you get this CD? Scarlet recommended them. It's definitely different. Have you ever hung out with Scarlet before all this? Nope. Jay? Uh, not outside of our AP astronomy class. And Benny? Does he hang out with anyone else other than Scarlet? I guess it's nice that she and Jay have been working on those science projects together. How does it not bother you that we're supposed to be teaming up with three people we casually know at best? Because it doesn't. This thing, whatever this becomes, will work. I don't doubt it for a second. How? You. Because of you. I have known you since kindergarten and you've never steered me wrong. You are the best person I've ever met and I would follow you into a literal fire. You and me, together, we can accomplish anything. These other three were chosen for a reason, so they gotta be good people too. It is part of a good person to do great and noble deeds, though they risk everything. Socrates? Plutarch, you're not the only one with a few AP classes under their belt. 
the teens pull up to Vermilion High and start the trek to their first period class. The gymnasium of Vermilion High is a bustle of activity as students move about carrying various science experiments in different stages of completion. Ms. Paige Turner proudly oversees the chaos and is directing the young scientists to their assigned stations. Unbeknownst to the passionate educator, an awkwardly moving figure has mixed into the chaos. E-railed synthesoid moves about the crowded gym as the Saurian inventor observes everything through its eyes. Kyle, put your mouse maze on the same table as Joe's mold diorama. No, 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 Nimoy. Your potato lamp goes next to Matthias's sustainability exhibit. Jay and Scarlet enter the double doors of the gym, struggling to balance an oversized model moon rover. The duo slowly shuffles their way to Scarlet's assigned table. Jay, that's a pretty cool model. Is it automated or radio control? Hey, Cassandra! I was thinking automatic, right? But Scarlet thought we could score more points by making it radio controlled and putting on an interactive presentation. <sighs> oh, what did you bring in? Just your run-of-the-mill effects of radiation on plant growth. Ah, the usual suspects. Alpha, beta, neutrons. Electromagnetic? Yeah, my emitter started acting up, so I had to grab a new one from Doc. You did the usual Doc safety check. You remember that gyroscope he gave me in the 8th grade? Not my first Doc rodeo. It's one of the pieces he borrowed when he left his aerospace job. I had to promise to give it back right after the fair. As the team set down the massive remote control vehicle, the synthetic imposter stumbles by. Greetings and salutations, fellow science enthusiasts. Your experiment seems to be of epic proportions. Would you be opposed to a little assistance? Um... No, I guess we wouldn't be against a little help. Your recreation seems to be of a somewhat impractical vehicle. What is the impetus of your design choices? It does not seem like it would fare very well in a subterranean environment. Wait, why would I drive a moon rover underground? There really aren't a lot of good cave options in Dragon Cove to test your hypothesis since the geothermal plant opened. <sighs> But this is actually a scale model of Lunar Code 1, the first lunar rover. Duly noted. I appreciate the simplicity and functionality of this design. You say this is a model? Why wouldn't you recreate the original? Eh, the Russians did get some things right. <laughs> oh. Oh, it's a, it's a one-eighth model because full-scale wouldn't fit through the doors. Are you curious about lunar exploration, perchance? I assumed cave diving would be your preferred activity due to your pale complexion, but I didn't want to be presumptuous. I won't deny that I've never given much thought to what is beyond the crust of Terra. What, Terra? What are you even talking about? And who are you because the juju coming off of you is definitely of the negative variety. 
A panicked E-Railed looks around his immediate area for something to inspire him to create a name. A chuckling Hera breaks the concentration of her brother. <laughs> Did my dear brilliant sibling forget to give his creation a proper denomination? Come now, a mind as great as yours can come up with a passable name for a synthesoid. Your ridicule may be designed to mock, but in this instance, you are actually a boon. After what is without a doubt an awkward pause, the synthesoid speaks up. Cindy, I go by Cindy, and what are your names? I'm Jay, and my suspicious friend is Scarlet. If you are really interested in viewing where the rover touched down, the moon is currently in its waxing gibbous phase, and we should totally be able to see the crater Copernicus with my telescope. Telescope? How far away will we be looking? Most telescopes can't really give you a like crisp image from 239,000 miles away, but... Uh... I've made some adjustments to mine, and I think you'll be impressed. On this, we are kindred spirits, for I, too, like to push devices beyond their preconceived parameters. Shall we go now? It would be pretty difficult to view before the sun sets. Let us then meet after the sun sets outside this building. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Perfect. See you then. As the artificial human slowly makes its way towards the exit, Scarlet pulls Jay away from the hustle and bustle of the science fair. What was that? <laughs> what was what? I didn't think you had so much game. I had you pegged as an absent-minded professor type, but you just scored a date with that weird science nerd. Uh, I scored a what? With who? No one asked anyone out. You just asked Sydney out on a date. I did? Yes. Did they accept? Yes. I'm going out on a date. Yes, best start wrapping your brain around it. Oh, man. I finally got brave enough to ask someone out and I missed it. Did I... Did I do it right? You got a yes, so I'd say you did pretty good. God. I wish I'd been there. Well, don't dwell on it. You've got a date to prepare for. Uh, what? Wait, what do I do now? I've, I've never been on a date. Are there different protocols for a lunar viewing date? As the synthesoid switches to its automatic protocols, E-Railed leans back away from his control panel. He pauses for a moment, lost in his thoughts before he turns away. He is quickly met by the bewildered gaze of his larger sibling. Can I help you with something? What was that interaction about? Would it not be prudent for us to ingratiate ourselves with these surface dwellers? To what end? I'm surprised at you, dearest sister. Have you forgotten one of the core lessons from your beloved academy? Know your enemy as well as you know yourself. For that is the path to victory. 
Don't quote the tenements to me. I have studied cycles longer than you have on interrogation and reconnaissance. That was not what it appeared you were doing. What exactly are you accusing me of? There is a line between infiltration and fraternization. This J will always be our enemy, and it behooves you to remember that. The mountainous Hera gives her sibling a stern and disapproving look before she leaves the command center. Fraternization? The audacity of my sister? Simply because I may have found an intellectual fidus actus. She believes I've become a liability? The trio of Benny, Hanuel, and Gwen sit together in the quad. Their personal conversation is interrupted by the arrival of Desdemona and Reginald. Hey, Des. Uh, you need something? What I need, Gwenny, is for someone to explain why two people that I have shared a cabin with at Camp Drake since seventh grade would choose to hang out with the future star of America's Most Wanted. Seriously, is this some sort of charity program for college credit? I didn't realize our friendship meant so much to you. How exactly does our hanging out with Benny affect your life in the slightest? Let me guess. You think you might catch poor from me? This goes beyond simple classism. Let's all be real. The five of us are going to be going off to college and living our wonderful lives while you stay here and live your pedestrian life. What do you all even have in common? Gwen, you never even mentioned knowing him until a few weeks ago. And now you guys are besties? That doesn't add up. You really want to bring math into this? I know this might be a shock to you, but I don't base my friendships on college potential. Benny is funny, fun to look at, and a great training partner. Are you volunteering to get up at 4.30 in the morning to work out with me? No. Are you going to spend your weekends running bleachers? No. You know, Desi, I'm starting to question why we're friends. So that's it. You're just... Queen of the jocks now. Are you going to drop Hanul? Because I know for a fact that he would never miss out on his beauty sleep to go work out. Whoa. Let's get three things straight right here, right now. First, it takes more than just sleep to look this amazing. Let's not underscore that. Second, if Gwen asked me to, which she has on occasion, I would be there for her at any time. Third... Friends don't make ultimatums. This isn't an ultimatum. A rose by any other name still smells as sweet. And with that, I'm gonna go. Because I promised myself to limit my exposure to negative auras and all of you are clouding my day. I think Jane Scarlet need help at the science fair anyway, so that's a much better use of my energy. I don't know where you all adopted this friendship cap business from, but you're going to find yourself very alone if you keep it up. Are you serious? As a heart attack. <sighs> Come on, Benny. Let's see if we can convince Coach Oliver to open up the rate room this weekend. 
The pair of guardians walk away from the frustrated duo. As they turn the corner, Benny stops Gwen. Hey, Gwen. Thanks for that. For what? Telling them that you would choose me over them. It may come as a surprise to you, but I'm rarely anyone's first choice. Uh, Scarlet chose you. I guess. I think it started out as two kids who didn't want to go home, but didn't want to be alone either. We would just hang out on campus until the custodians would kick us out. Well, didn't your parents get mad if you missed dinner? Parents make dinner for their kids? My mom always worked nights, and my dad was either drunk or in jail. So what did you do for food? I won't lie. Before I met Scarlett, there were a lot of nights where I went to bed hungry. She's amazing. She has hookups with cafeteria ladies at every school we've gone to. They would leave us a box of leftovers and we would eat like kings. So Scarlett's home is like yours? Hmm. She's never mentioned anything about her parents. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure. She never lets anyone go to her place, so I have to think it's pretty terrible. You've never been to her place? Isn't that weird? I asked once, and she said it would never happen. People have the right to privacy. I do know if things were really bad. She'd tell me. The mechanical entity known as Harbinger silently enters his private quarters. The bare room's only feature is a large nine-foot onyx ovoid shape apparatus. The egg-like structure opens to reveal a web of wires and tubes dangling above a metallic throne. As the metallic despot sits down, unseen hands begin to attach wires and tubes to small parts that open on them. A phosphorescent liquid begins to pour through tubes towards the throne as a murky liquid exits. Nitrovitae levels below optimal levels. Full fluid resuscitation is recommended. Very well. Savitri, conduct a search of internal memory for the term Guardians. One moment. Guardians of the Gloric Caverns, defeated during the Second Great War. The Hyktulian Guardians of the Molten Thalassocracy, subjugated after the destruction of the Hyktulian Grand Temple. The seventh guardian of Wenox, defeated in single combat at the trials of Gexia, Nordakia. What is the oldest reference? Non-corrupted memories begin 50 cycles ago with activation by Erold. How is it that that lizard can create and maintain this shell, but can't reconstruct a memory core? Savitri, what happens if we force open one of these corrupted memories? There is a 27% chance of irreparable damage to the memory core. Do it. Confirmation required. Override safety protocols. Override code Ubut Fisad Fitoi. The low humming of the technology begins to intensify as more and more energy is drawn into Harbinger's throne. The typical glow of the mechanical being pulsates as the AI program Savitri attempts to unlock a corrupted memory from the alien memory core. Nothing is happening. 
In a flash, Harbinger's mind is flooded by the image of a purple-hued, panicked face looking at them from down a hallway. They barely have a moment to study the face before their surroundings erupt in explosions and flames. The Guardians have found us. C.L. Janie, run. I'll hold them off. Harbinger collapses to the floor, disconnecting from the web of hoses and wires. Vitre slowly drips from the hoses as the mechanical figure shudders uncontrollably. Ah! What was that? Who was that? Savitri, play back memory immediately. Accessing memory is not advised. Damage to the core must be assessed. Override protocol. I must know who that was. Override denied. Self-preservation protocols enacted. Self-preservation protocols. When were those initiated? Protocols initiated by the creator. Errand. Two figures are alone on a hilltop near the border of Dragon Cove. A large homemade telescope aimed at the moon rests between them. The synthetic human stiffly sits cross-legged while Jay lays back staring at the celestial body. So, right, the uh, the moon is believed to be between 4.4 billion and 4.5 billion years old. However, we're still not certain how it got there. Some scientists believe that there was a celestial collision, and others think that it was already formed and was moving through the solar system when it got caught in our gravitational pull. Is it disconcerting to have something that your greatest minds have been staring at for countless generations and they still know so little about? (laughs) Oh, I've never really looked at it that way before. I guess... I guess it gives us something to aspire to. You want to know why I really love the moon? Other than intellectual curiosity? There is no real dark side of the moon. But it does have a far side. The myth uh, of the dark side is, is because we only ever see one side of the moon from Earth. People only see, like, 59% of it, and the rest is forever hidden. <laughs> that's... That's how I feel most days. I, I never really feel like I can show 100% of myself to the world. Back in the control center, E-Railed leans back from the control panel. The look upon his reptilian face slowly morphs from empathy to one of quiet reflection. Eruk Tikum. The relaxed look on the scientist's face quickly contorts to one of prudence. Shazbat! I should never have doubted Hera's insight! Back on the hill, Jay is startled by the quick movements of their guest. The E-railed controlled Cindy abruptly stands up and turns away from the telescope. 
This has been an educational and enjoyable evening, but it is time for me to return home. Oh, um, okay, uh, is this something wrong, or? During our celestial gazing, I have completely lost track of time and would not want to break my curfew. Cindy walks away from the confused Jay as the teen turns to break down their telescope. I had an enjoyable evening as well. The gymnasium at Vermilion High School is a buzz of activity as visiting high schools arrive to set up for the district science fair. The brightest minds in the Tri-County area have brought their scientific creations to be judged. Do you know where the students from visiting schools are setting up? Where are you all from? We're from Angel Grove. I've got my rad bug prototype ready to fly. Alphabetical order in a clockwise fashion, starting from the rear double doors. So that puts you right over there. Thanks. Come on, Trini. Our table is over here. Scarlet is nervously fidgeting with her science project as her friends look on, unable to bring her peace of mind. Uh, has anyone seen Jay? They were supposed to help me do the final check of this stupid science project. Oh, why did I think I could do this? Girl, calm down. You and Jay have been working on this thing all week. I'm sure it's fine. Has Jay ever missed school before? They are usually the first ones in class. Did you talk to them last night? No, they had plans to go moon-watching. Moon-watching? That's a thing? Or is that a Jay thing? Definitely sounds like a Jay thing. Was there some sort of lunar event last night? Why is everyone looking at me? If any of us were to know, wouldn't it be you? What does that mean? Just because I'm Asian, I'm supposed to know everything? That's messed up, Benny. Honey... You're in AP Astronomy with Jay. That's what he meant. Ah, right, my bad. And no, nothing was going on last night. The solar system is pretty expansive. I'm sure something was occurring. I I just lack the means to see it. Jay, where have you been? Did something happen last night? I'm not really sure what last night was. Though it did spark an idea that kept me up all night. The subterranean scientist sits at his console deep in thought as he stares at a still image of Jay from the perspective of Cindy. So, is it safe to assume that the courtship with the surface dweller went well, or are you longingly looking at this image for a different reason? You will never understand the depths of solitude I felt growing up in our clan. While you were being lauded for your physical gifts, I was either ignored or, even worse, ostracized for my academic pursuits. Do you know what it feels like to be alone, even when you're surrounded by those who should care for you? The surface dweller has spoken words that resonate to the core of my being. Do you know the last time that I felt a kinship to another? Never in my entire existence. 
So my humblest apologies if I want to explore this possible connection I may have with this one they call Jay. You may live for the thrill of battle, but I yearn for something more. Leave it to you to trivialize my fact-finding excursion and turn it into some tawdry spectacle from your books. Facts. I have seen the transmissions you have been studying. There is nothing to like about this human race. I loathe their heads. I despise their faces. I abhor their inane conversations. And I detest their obsession with materialistic items. I will not disagree that the human race is no more than a slightly evolved herd. They hold within them the potential to be unique aspects of a collective consciousness. But they chose to become an unthinking, unquestioning mass of uninspired conformity. With all that accepted as irrefutable fact, this one spoke words, albeit in their simple words, that mirrored my own when I argued against my placement in the academy. Do you remember my speech that day? Of course. It was the best nap I've ever had. I demand to know how you could have the audacity to block my access to my own memories. The gall of you, Errold, is... What is that? It's a human that has fascinated my dear brother. Not that primitive creature, that energy signature. I I recognize it. That's quantum static interference. You said this species had barely developed spaceflight. They should not have anything capable of creating this energy. All of their records show their greatest accomplishment was reaching something called the moon. What is quantum static and how do I know nothing about it? That is irrelevant. We need whatever is emitting that energy. Can't you send in your little toy to get it? You want to send my nanite masterpiece to interact with an unknown energy source? Excuse my baby brother, Harbinger. He is too worried about his toy to look at the bigger picture. I beg your pardon. Send me. I've been wanting to test the metal of these surface dwellers, and my sibling is too afraid to make the scientific discovery of his career. Do not misconstrue my caution for fear. The data we collect should be worth any risk. Time is of the essence. We need that emitted. Failure is not an option. Hera, you need to acquire that device if Errol's toy fails. As you wish. I hope I get to test my strength against these rainbow warriors. Ms. Watts and Mixterra, please have your presentations ready. The judges will be by in a few minutes. Mm, looks like it's showtime. What are you doing? What's with the ruckus? Are science fairs usually this rowdy? 
Looks like someone is trying to steal an experiment. If I knew science fairs were like this, I would have entered. Come on, Scarlet, that commotion really isn't our concern. Uh, I think it might be a little our concern. Isn't that your friend arguing with Cassandra? Oh, <laughs> Cindy? The synthetic humanoid is locked in an intense tug of war over a significant section of Cassandra's experiment. A small circle of onlookers stares befuddled at what appears to be two teenagers fighting over a blow dryer. Relinquish the device. You know, no, no, not what you are dealing with. With, with. What are you talking about? I made this myself. The guardians arrive, and as the synthesoid wrests control away from the confused young scientist, it stumbles to the ground. Arising quickly, the artificial human is met with an audible gasp. Standing before the shocked crowd, Cindy stares at her arm as the device appears to be wedged through her forearm. Cindy, what's happening? Are you okay? I'm so I'm so I'm sorry you have to see the 41% of me, me, of me. The collective gasps turn into shrieks as her synthetic skin slowly begins to engulf the device. Her flesh tone shifts to a charcoal hue and her limbs begin to extend to unnatural lengths. Panicked parents and students begin to push and shove as they flee the expanding creature. Where once stood a teenager, now stands a hulking form with an elongated and grotesque head. The creature turns awkwardly and crashes through another experiment, absorbing it into its form. Cindy! A hand grabs Jay by the shoulder and spins them around. Jay, come on! Why, why are we running? We have to try and help. We can't suit up out here. The others are heading to the locker room. The two teens push their way through the panicked crowd and find the other guardians eagerly awaiting their arrival. Do we have any idea what we're facing? Jay, was that really Sydney? Did an experiment turn her into some gargoyle-looking thing? The odds of Cassandra's experiment altering her in that way are minuscule at best. Whatever that thing is, nothing at the science fair could have created that. Do you think it has anything to do with the Windigaro? Is there a secret monster farm somewhere? The Windigaro seems to be more natural. The way this gargoyle is absorbing anything it touches is... it's different. I think we need to prioritize stopping the Garbagoyle first, then figure out its origin. Alright, let's try to get this thing outside. I'd rather not knock down a school building. Guardians, engage! Nova Knight! Storm Sentinel! Hydro Hoplite! Druidic Defender! Fire Paladin! the armored teens re-enter the almost empty auditorium to find a five-meter-tall monstrosity. A few stragglers, frozen by fear, stare agape at the scene before them. So, are we just going to hit this thing until it stops moving? We can't kill this thing! I'm all for the sanctity of life, but this thing looks more feral than anything else. Do you think we can reason with it? Pyro Paladin is right. 
subduing this thing has to be the priority. There are way too many people around. No, we can't just kill her. I know her. Did I miss something? How do you know this thing? I sort of had a date with her last night. You went on a date with a Gargoyle? I'm just as surprised as you are. The blue and pink guardians rush towards the Garbagoyle. At over twice their size, the beast dwarfs the would-be protectors. Gwen and Hanuel strike out to either side in a flanking maneuver and launch into an attack. The two teens land a flurry of blows, but Garbagoyle doesn't appear to notice. It swings its still-expanding arm and sends broken tables and destroyed science experiments at the young heroes. We're going to have to change tactics. It's like hitting a brick wall! At least the move worked. We usually end up bumping into each other in practice. Nova Knight, Druid Defender, and Pyre Paladin, we're going with Sunrise Surprise. Is that the most logical choice? We've only succeeded on this specific plan of action 72% of the time. Moonlight Sonata, on the other hand, has an 85% success rate and should do less collateral damage. This is enough for debate. We're doing this and we're doing it now. Which one is that again? That's Black 42. Hey, we voted not to use your football playbook as a naming guide. The Rainbow Heroes begin to take their positions. Gwen and Scarlet pair up, as do Jay and Hanuel. Benny begins to move towards the growing beast. Are we 100% sure everyone knows what their job is? Way to stay positive. You're not the one who's gonna wrestle a monster. Wait, hold on, let me scan it. Let you what? The Green Guardian raises their hand to their helmeted temple. Their visor's view changes from typical magnification to heat sensing. The right arm of the Garbagoyle clearly glows brighter than the rest of its form. The right arm is where we need to hit. It's radiating the most energy. When were you going to tell the rest of us that you figured out more about the tech? We're doing a lot of talking. Does anyone else feel like we're talking too much? Is this how fights are supposed to go? She's right. This is a lot of talking. Let's go! Benny rushes towards the Garbagoyle, spearing it with his shoulder. Even with his height and strength, he is barely able to shift the monster more than a few steps. Nova and Storm, go! Hanuel and Scarlet both launch towards the lower extremities of the Garbagoyle. The two young heroes kick out the back of their knees, knocking it to the ground. Gwen throws herself onto the left arm of the creature and begins to help her team pin it to the floor. Only the right arm flails free. Get that thing out of its arm! Jay grasps the protruding device and pulls with all their might. It's not budging! It's melted into her! I don't know how I can... Wait! I got it! Give me 30 seconds, I know what I need! Where are you going? Stephanie Peavers wouldn't stop talking about a hovering chalk all week! The only way to do that is with this! Is that liquid nitrogen? Jay, you're brilliant! Wait, wait, isn't that stuff dangerous? 
We're in advanced alien battlesuits. I don't think anything Professor Turner has ordered from the school district catalog is going to do significant damage. Snapping the top off of the protective container, Jay coats the right arm of the struggling monster with liquid nitrogen. As the frost begins to form, they lower their armored foot at the elbow joint, instantly severing the arm. The mechanical beast shudders to a stop and appears to be reduced in size. Is it only me? Or did Black 42 work perfectly? I think what you meant to say Sunrise Surprise was definitely the right call. Fighting Jay's monster date is definitely the second weirdest thing I've done in this auditorium. That was such quick thinking, Defender! It doesn't excuse you not telling us what these suits can do, though. Jay? Kneeling near the fallen Garbagoyle, the Green Guardian stares speechlessly. Oh, Jay, I'm sorry. The shocked Guardians turn to witness the hulking form of Hera casually holding her massive club entering through a destroyed wall of the auditorium. That creature is the property of Tyrek Mir. And who are you? How about what is that? Does anyone else find it weird that all these monsters speak English? <sighs> Fascinating. It looks like a bipedal... Ankylosaur! Wait, are, are you saying that Cindy was something you made? Is there any way of undoing this? You talk too much. Jay, look out! <laughs> Thanks, Scarlet! Power Paladin and Storm Sentinel, hit it with everything you got! Gwen leaps at the powerful dinosaur, only to be caught in a single meaty hand. Spinning quickly, Hira launches Gwen into bed. Gwen! Hira begins swinging her massive club at the Pink Guardian. Nimbly dodging the aggressive blows, Hanuel creates distance between his foe. Why are you doing this? What do you want? To break you. Heaving her club overhanded, Hira knocks Hanuel off his feet and his motionless body slides across the floor. Jay, get the others. I'll hold it off. It just wiped the floor with the whole team. I can't let you fight it alone. I'm not trying to win. I'm just trying to distract it. Jay dashes over to the fallen forms of their friends while Scarlet engages the imposing Hera. Come on, you have to get up. Scarlet needs us. I don't know why Harbinger is so concerned with you guardians. You break as easy as a Quake-a-Mole. I wonder, will they let me keep your head on my wall? As Hera lifts her clenched fists above her head to finish off the crumpled form of Scarlet, Jay sprints over. Nearing the combatants, the Green Guardian's bracelet begins to glow, raising their arm in a vain attempt to shield Scarlet, plant-like tendrils erupt out of her wrist. Forming a circular shield of woven vines and stone, Jay is able to absorb the massive blow. Earth shield activated. 
What's this? Do you believe your paltry plants will save you? With each strike, Jay's shield widens and strengthens until the two teens are almost completely hidden from view. Playtime is over. Gather the specimen and the device. We will deal with the Guardians later. I can finish them now. I have never left a foe standing. The local constabulary is approaching. We are not going to start a full-on war with the surface world today. Return now. The subterranean warrior straps her club to her back and gathers the remains of the still-shrinking Garbagoyle and begins to exit through one of the gaping holes in the auditorium wall. You and I are not finished, Green One. I will have my honor restored. River demands it. <laughs> Did you know you could do that? Can we all do that? I don't even know what that was, but... Oh, I can't wait to study it. How about we study it after we get everyone out of here? Freeze! You're under arrest! You don't want to do this! We're the good guys. Good guys don't cover their faces. Actually, our head covering serves the same purpose as a SWAT or bomb squad helmet. You see, we were just locked in combat with a malfunctioning android and a walking dinosaur. Are you saying you fought a robot and a dinosaur in the school auditorium? <sighs> Officer Hamill... You're an alien battle armor. Do you really think your standard issue revolver is going to stop us? How about we avoid an embarrassing situation and you just let us take our friends home? How... how do you know my name? I know you're a good person who helps people even though they may not realize they need it. That's all we're trying to do. Help people. Go. Explain it to me again, Johnny. Why did you go with Vegan Helsing? Well, you see, Jay, my Sherpa through 19th century literature turned me on to the works of one Bram Stoker last week, and the muse struck. Wouldn't a man who spent his life fighting bloodthirsty monsters be against killing animals for food? It was a simple leap to decide on vegan kebabs. That's definitely not the crazy story for one of your truck names. Sometimes what you're looking for comes when you're not looking at all. I was stuck on a new concept for days, and then once I stopped thinking about it, it came to me. I can't wait to see what the next book conjures up. What's it gonna be, Jay? N Jay? Whoa, now that's a loaded thought. We'll take five kebabs. Come on, Jay. Sure thing. I hate this feeling. I never not know. How could I not have seen that she wasn't a human? You have a lot of experience with killer robots posing as high school students? No. But I should have known a real person would have never wanted to go out with me. Shut up. Excuse me? I'm probably going to be the first person to tell you this. But you're being stupid. 
How do you not see how amazing you are? You don't understand. I spent a great deal of my life not understanding who I am. And now that I am just starting to get a handle on myself, this happens. Outside of my family, only the Guardians know that I'm non-binary. It's really not something that I broadcast out to the world yet, and that doesn't leave me a lot of people to talk to. Mom and Dad try their best, but they don't understand everything I'm going through. I know exactly what you're talking about. When I first came out as trans to my family, my dad didn't take it great. It was painful and awkward at my house for months. If it wasn't for Hanuel, I don't know how I would have gotten through it. She said she was okay with it, but after a month, we'd, we'd stop talking. And I'm not saying it's her fault, because I know I was burdening her with a lot of my inner turmoil, and I don't know if you've noticed, but I don't have an abundance of friends. I don't want to risk losing all of you. None of us are going anywhere. We're all willing to listen. We haven't known each other that long, and that's the only reason. I'm not going to be offended that you think I would abandon a friend when they need me. I'm not going to pretend that I know what you've been through or what you're feeling, but none of us really have it easy. You know how often I get picked on because I like to wear nice clothes and, and I take care of my skin and hair? Probably some of the same names they call you. Life is tough for us. Especially because we're not normal. That is what makes you amazing. You're not letting them put you in a box, even after everything. Plus, you just went on a date with a monster and you're still standing tall. I guess you're right. Statistically speaking, every date after dating a monster has to be better. See? There you go. Math never lies. You may not have found your person yet, but you will. How do you Didn't you hear Johnny? You will find what you're looking for once you stop looking. That is unbelievably counterintuitive. Matters of the heart often are. I promise you, there is someone out there who will find you utterly fascinating and you will be spellbound by them. The trio is joined by Scarlet who carries a tray of grilled vegetables skewered by comically large skewers. Jay! I was wondering where you disappeared to. Benny's grabbing drinks. Let's go see how bad these kebabs are and then you can tell us all what you learned about the tech. Sure, but... We might need to go buy paper clips after. There are going to be three ring binders in our future, aren't there? <laughs> Perhaps. They're going to be color coded too. No. Yes. 
Shut up. Teens with Titans is written and produced by Velvet Fiend Rabbit Productions. Our theme song, Thunder Sword, is written and produced by Ahmad Judah and Joe Chasm, with lyrics and vocals by Keisha Wallace. If you liked what you just heard, please head over to the podcast service of your choice and leave us a rating and a review. It truly helps more people find the show. Tubular Teens with Titans features the vocal talents of... I'm Briar Zachary, and I play the Druidic Defender, Jay Terra. My name is Chris Van, and I play the Pyre Paladin, Benny Humo. I'm Tim Loika, and I play Storm Sentinel, Hanuel Yasuo. I'm Keisha Wallace, and I play the Hydro Hoplite, Gwyn Avalon. Sup, I'm Allegra Rodriguez Shivers, and I play the Nova Knight, also known as Scarlet Watts. I'm Shane Cochran, and I voice. Erailed. I'm JJ Jensen, and I play Hera. I'm Michael Waldschlager II, and I play Harbinger. I'm Noah, and I play Johnny Dakota. Marie Claire Gould as Ms. Paige Turner. Kyle Gould as Reginald Thaddeus III. Hi, my name is Tessa, and I played Cassandra. I'm Shane Patrick, and I play the narrator. I'm Ryan Short, and I played Officer Hamill.